Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Anybody ever have something that just breaks down? Come on, just it breaks down. Anybody Anybody ever have a car? Come on, you remember your first car that you ever owned? Anybody? I mean, I don't know. Maybe your daddy bought you a brand new car, but I remember my first car was this piece of junk. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like as soon as we bought it from someone, I thought this thing's going to die in three days. This thing has a life expectancy. It was so bad. Um, if you've heard me, you've been here for a while, you've heard me talk about it. I remember I, I went on, on a date with this girl and, and the, like the ceiling was coming down. Anybody know like when like the, the material on the ceiling, come on, anybody know my struggle here today? Come on, is there anybody here that you are not an inheritance baby and you know? And so we're, I was out on the date, but you just are so thankful because you had four wheels, you know? And, and, and so we're, I was out on the date with this girl and I just got the car and the ceiling was hanging down low and and so the air conditioning didn't work and it's hot up in her in Miami not in this auditorium but outside and it's hot and so like the ceiling's hanging down and so we're driving down the highway and that ceiling is just flapping in the wind (laughs) and then as we're driving it starts hanging down even lower so now it's like hitting her in the face and I, I'm like looking over and she's like, what is that? And so, but it's, it's night, so we don't see what's happening. So we get out of the car, we go into the restaurant. And so, you know, like the, the ceiling thing is like hanging down, but there was holes in the ceiling because it had fallen down before and I took a stapler. And I was stapling that thing. So now there's holes in it. And so all the rust and stuff on the inside was blowing around in the car. And so we get into the restaurant, and and we're in the light now, and I look at her, and her face is covered with, like, black dust and stuff, like, all over. And she's like, she sees it on her hand, and she's like, oh, I got stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, the first and the last date with this girl. And then we get into the car afterwards, and anybody ever, like, you go to crank your car, you start your car, and, like, every time you go to start it, you say a prayer? Got you with that one, right? Yeah, I mean, we know that feeling. So you're sitting there, and it's like, yeah, you're on a date with a girl. And I, I, you know, I open the door, put her in, I walk around, put the key in the ignition, and I'm like, Jesus, please don't embarrass me today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what, today what I want to do, I really want to, I believe that God has brought you here for a message to help you and I not to break down. Because there is a lot of pressure in a lot of our lives. In fact, recently I've been talking with some of the men in our church and women. I know you experience this obviously as well. And I've been hearing this a lot from a lot of people. And a lot of people are saying, man, David, I have more pressure. It seems like I have more pressure now than I've ever experienced in my life. Now with that, let me say what they're also saying is like, man, but I'm seeing God come through at a greater way. Come on, anybody know that when there's great pressure, we serve an even greater God? Come on. And we know there's spiritual breakthrough and God will help us. But today I want to give you some practical things. Is it okay if I give you some practical things to help you? Because I don't want you to break down under the pressure and stress. I want to help you with a fresher look at pressure. In Luke chapter 21 verse 34, this is Jesus speaking and he says this. Be careful or your hearts. Someone put your hand over your heart and say, my heart. 
He's saying, be careful for your heart. Let me just say, even though we're talking about pressure and stress, Jesus cares about those things. But more than the external, Jesus cares about what's happening internal. He cares more about your heart than he does about anything else. And so he says, be careful and guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, if you're not careful with your heart, you will be weighed down with dissipation, which basically dissipation means you'll be weighed down with stress, with pressure, with tension, with anxiety. So he says, be careful because you'll be weighed down with stress which leads to drunkenness. Now, he's not saying the context in the original uh, Hebrew here. He is not saying just like, you know, alcohol drunk. What he is saying is this. If we're not careful with stress and pressure and tension, we will, we will run to something to medicate the pain. And so if, if we don't put a guard on our hearts, then when the pressure and the stress and the tension and anxiety comes, you and I, we all have something that we run to to medicate the pain in our life. And for many of us, that's unhealthy. We run to unhealthy things. And God's brought you here because he loves your heart so much, he doesn't want you to have to run to things that, to medicate you. Come on, how many of you know he wants you to run to him? How many of you know that Jesus is more than enough? He's more than to suffice? And so he goes on to say, so, so don't medicate yourself. And the anxieties of life, if you don't guard your heart, one day will close on you like an unexpected trap. Today I want to talk about what I believe is something that causes the most pressure and stress in your life. Come on, would you write this one word down in your notes, just somewhere on the side? And, and I believe we all have this in common, and here it is. The thing that causes, the underlying thing that causes you more stress, more pressure, more tension, more anxiety, is your... Some of you are like, my wife. No, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> wrong answer. It is your schedule. Yeah, your schedule, your life. In fact, here's what Job chapter 9 verse 25 in God's word says. My days go by faster than a runner and they fly away without me seeing any kind of joy. Would anyone agree today that, man, life seems to like fly by? Like anybody here like that have kids, like you remember when your kids were now 14 years old and you're like, my God. Like my daughter is like just now 14 years old and like she's as tall as I am. And I'm like, stop it. Anybody ever have a week? Like, you're like, where did the week go? Like, it was just Monday, and now it's Sunday. What are we doing back here? I was just here yesterday. No, you weren't. Like, anybody just, like, you started school, and now you're finishing, about to graduate, and you're like, my goodness, it seems like it flew by. (laughs) No one ever said that about school. Come on. But you know what Job says? He says this, that life, if you're not careful, it will fly by because because of our schedules, we are running after. We are running after our to-do list and we're running and we're running and we're running and we're running and we're doing life and we're running and we're running, but there's no joy in the run. And so God's word is basically saying this, slow down because God wants you to enjoy life. That's news for some of you. And some of you, when I said that, you immediately went to skeptical mindset because you're like, well, I would enjoy life if I had more of boom or if I had less of. But Jesus goes back and he says this, true joy is actually a symptom of your heart. 
Listen, let me just tell you something for, for Christmas, that joy does not come from external things. Oh, it'll bring like a temporary fix. It'll bring like a temporary joy. I heard someone say, Pastor, if joy doesn't come from external things, then why am I so happy when I'm on a jet ski? Like, I understand, right? Like, 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 like I understand. Like, there's things that we enjoy in this life, but when you put the jet ski away, you're back to yourself again. So, so what if it was possible this Christmas season, what if it was possible before 2020 begins that we could really tap into what real joy comes from? And Jesus says it comes from your heart. Now, now here's what I want to do is I want to help you with something because in the book of Daniel, I don't have time to read all of it, but basically in the book of Daniel, there was this king who was a wicked king who was worshiping other gods. and He, was, uh, he, he got advice from magicians and sorcerers and astrologers, and, and he, he, he was running his kingdom into the ground. And so God did something miraculous in the book of Daniel. The verse is in your notes. And basically what he did was he wrote, God's hand appeared and wrote something on a wall. But the king could not interpret what it was. So he called his magicians, his astrologers, his, his sorcerers in. And he said, hey, so what does this mean? And no one could decipher it except for one man. His name was Daniel. And Daniel was someone that could read the heart of God. And Daniel gives the interpretation to that dream in verse number 25. Look what it says, or the handwriting on the wall. And it says this. This inscription that was written, many, many, Tekel Parson, means this. Many means this. God has numbered your days. Tekel means this. You have been weighed on the scales and have been found wanting. In other words, your life is out of balance. And then the last word, Perez, <laughs> they didn't know that they misspelled it in the Bible. It's actually with a Z. <laughs> Horrible joke. Sorry. We'll not say that in the six. Perez means this, your kingdom is given to the Medes and Persians. In other words, because your days are numbered and you're out of balance, what you're seeking after will be given to someone else. I read this this week or several weeks, two weeks ago, and I thought, this is the handwriting on the wall for so many of our lives. That if we don't slow down we, and we don't realize that our days are numbered, can I tell you, write this down in your notes, your days are numbered. In other words, here, here's what you need to understand, that that you and I are going to die one day. Welcome to church, everybody. You're like, I came to church. That's so encouraging at Christmas to hear that. No, no, no. It, it is because you have to understand something. When you understand that your days are numbered, you begin to live life a little bit differently. Right? Like, like here's what I'm trying to say. If you have an unlimited supply of something, you're careless with it. But when you realize you have a limited supply of something, you're careful of how you spend it. If you understood that we don't have an unlimited supply of days, we have today, we have guaranteed today, but we don't have an unlimited supply of days. Man, man if, we're, if we're blessed 70, 80, 90, 100 years in our life, then we understand our days are numbered. So what that causes us to do is say this, God, I want every single day to count. I want every single day of my life to matter. Come on, are you here today? Come on, anybody want their days to matter? You want your days to count? Because here's the thing, our misuse of our days will cost us something. And we misuse our days. Watch this. The handwriting on the wall said this. When we live our lives out of balance. You see, it's important for you to know that because here's what you need to know. The distance between the truth that you know 
And the truth that you live equals the pain that you're going to endure. The difference between the the truth you know and the truth you live is the pain that you're going to endure. So my job today is to help us all get the truth that we know into the in our life so that we can have joy in our life. Come on. That we can have some strength in our life. Come on. That we have some fresher pressure in our life. Here's what you may say. Well, Pastor David, how do I live with less stress? If life is going by super fast for you and you have no joy. No joy. Let me help you out with three things. Come on, write this first thing down. Number one, you have to do is refocus on what matters. Come on, I want to challenge every person in this room. Come on, to refocus. Now, notice I didn't say focus. I said refocus. Because many times we're going to have to focus, but then we're going to have to refocus. To refocus on what matters the most. You say, well, Pastor David, what matters the most? Well, before I get that, let me show you two things um, on this graph with your energy. We have to refocus on what matters the most because this is you. This is your life. This is my life. This is our lives. And this is the amount of energy that we have. Now, this circle gets bigger when you drink a cafecito in the morning. Come on, somebody. But let's just say that right now, like, it's not. And so you've got energy. And many of us, this is what our lives look like. We are so divided. Our focus is so divided in so many things. We're running after the kids. We're going to work. We got homework. We've got things. We got laundry. We got to-do lists. We have all these things that we're doing. And your energy is just going everywhere. Versus over here, what if you could take your life and you could refocus on less things? I believe that you can run faster. You can run further if you take all of your energy and refocus it in one direction. Now, this line with the arrow, it's the sum total of these lines. But look how much further you could go if you just learned, if I just learned to refocus our lives. You see, here's the reality, is that some of us think that that's impossible. Some of you here today, you're like, well, pastor, you don't know my circumstance. That right there is easier said than done. Okay, I'll give you that. It is easier said than done. But it is possible with some work. My question is this, are you tired of the stress levels that you have. You see, because right here, let's go back to the graph. Right here, it's like, man, you say yes to everything. Anybody here, you have a problem saying no? Come on, like, like, man, dad, I need to go. Okay, let's go. Hey, we got to do this. Hey, there's 10 million Christmas parties. Yes, 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 yes. And some of us have a hard time just saying no. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? This is your prima, three marriages, twice removed. You're not going to go? No! Like, I, I know, like, we have so many things going on. I'm just trying to help you out with something because here's what I understand in our lives, that there are certain things that they are not getting the proper attention because you've said yes to other things that are not the main priority. Well, Pastor David, okay, you've exposed the problem, so what do I need to focus on? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Write this down. What should you focus on? Relationships. Write this down in your notes. Come on, relationships matter. Well, what relationships? Can I tell you your relationship with God should matter the most? Come on, your relationship with God should matter the most. Anybody believe that a relationship with God should matter the most? 
Like your relationship with your spouse, the relationship with your children. Listen, relationships matter the most. Can I tell you, you're already winning at this. Let me talk to some people. You, you may feel like you're a bad dad, bad husband, bad wife, bad, bad friend, bad boyfriend, whatever. Can I tell you, if you're here today, you're already winning. You're already doing better than you think you are. Come on, I just want to rebuke the devil who wants to bring condemnation to you. You're already doing, come on, you're, you're better, you're doing better than you even give yourself. Why? Because you're here on the first day of the week. You've already said, God, I'm going to put you first. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I know, come on, put the graphic back up. I know that there's so many things out there. Come on, put the graphic back up right there. So many things. But Sunday at 12 o'clock, God comes first. So if we're going to do a big family lunch, you better do it after I get out of church. Well, pastor, you don't have family. You don't know. What are you talking about? I've got tons of family. Yeah, 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 but you know what? There's people in my family that they understand I'm a pastor of a church. And because of that, there are things that, you know what? Our whole family moves things around from my schedule. How would you like it if, like, I just didn't show up today because I didn't feel like it. And I'm like, you know what? We got a barbecue that we got to do. My dad bought some New York sirloin steak. And trust me, New York sirloin that's very tempting for your pastor. No, 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 no. Come on. Man, as for me and my house, my relationship with God, so I'll be there. My answer is yes, but if it's at 12, the answer is no. Because I'm refocusing on things that matter. How about this? Relationships with your spouse. It should matter. Your children. It should matter. How about this relationship with other people in this room or people that are at another service? Your relationships with other people of faith should matter. I don't know why I'm going gangster like this in the 12 o'clock, but I'm like all like, mm. I don't know what's going on. It's these shoes. It's just got me feeling, mm. but it's at the devil, not at you. I'm like, oh, devil. It's Miami. We're going sideways. Stop it. Look what Ecclesiastes 4.12 says. A person who stands alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Can I tell you, that's why we have dinner parties. We just finished the most successful dinner party semester ever under Pastor Bianca Callahan. Amazing. She's our coordinator, director. Amazing. Can I tell you, like some of us have not gone to dinner parties. You're like, well, I just got my husband. I just got my wife. That's all we need. Just us two. Well, scripture says like, you'll be able to conquer, but three are even better. In other words, you need not just a significant other or a best friend, but you need another person in that group because a three braided cord is not easily broken. So relationships matter. Number two, write this down. Purpose matters. 
You've heard me say this so many times. You're like, Pastor, why do you say this so many times that I have a purpose? Because I'm making up for lost time. There are many of you in this room, you did not have a parent who woke you up every morning and said, you've got a great purpose on your life. You did not have someone who spoke that and declared that over you. So your pastor every Sunday is going to make up for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of someone not speaking it. And I'm going to speak it over your life until it gets into your spirit. You have a purpose. You are not an accident. God created you by design. You are not, if you are breathing, you have depth to your life. That's why we have DNA classes. Right after service today, it's 15 minutes. We've got food. What? 15 minutes, and we want to help you identify your spiritual purpose. Because your purpose matters. Can I tell you, we are not made on an assembly line. Aren't you so thankful? Like, we're not just like a body, and God's like, nose, boop, 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 personality, boop. Like, no, no, we're not like Ford F-150 pickup trucks, y'all. When God created us, he created you and he, he broke the mold. He created you unique, which means this. You have purpose and design and giftings that I do not have, which means this, that God has you on this planet for a reason, but it's up to us to discover what it is. The good news, you found a church that wants to help you discover that. Because until you live on purpose, you will never have joy. A job cannot give you joy. A family can bring some joy, but a family will not bring you everlasting joy. What brings you joy is when you wake up in the morning and you say, I know my design, therefore I know my destiny. You see, your design will show you your destiny. Some of us have dreams for our destiny, but you haven't done the work to discover how God designed you. That's why we have people that will serve here. And when you go through DNA, we'll help you learn where to serve. Like, what's, what's your passion? What's your gifting? And you know what? If someone ser- joins a serve team and they're not passionate about it, we, we're like, hey, we'll join a different team. We want you to find your passion. Do you know several years ago, there was someone who um, we needed someone to help work in the kids area here at Brave. How many are so thankful for the kids workers? Come on. They're just amazing back there. And um, they're not babysitting, man. They're praying and prophesying and declaring greatness over your children. I want you to know it's powerful. And, and she, she went back to go serve in kids. And she's like, you know what? She was telling us a story. She's like, you know, I went to serve, but I wasn't really excited about it. I just did it because I knew there was a need. Come on, anybody thankful for that at times? And, and so she was like, I'm going back there to serve a need. But the crazy thing is, is while she was serving kids at Brave Church, she realized how much she loved kids. And she's like, you know what, I'm going to change my major in school. And she changed her major to education, became a school teacher. Today, she's a public school teacher. She found her purpose. She found her design serving in kids at Brave. And what she's doing now is now living her purpose out for God in the world. Come on, that, man, you deserve a better. It's amazing what happens when we live on purpose. That's why God's word says in Acts 20, 24, watch this. I love this verse. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. Use it for what? To finish the work assigned to me. By who? By Jesus. What's the work? The work of telling other people the good news. Come on, how many of you know this message of Jesus that we're talking about today is good news? 
Come on, we shouldn't be afraid to tell people. We shouldn't be afraid to take an invite in our seat and hand it to people. This is good news. Like going and telling someone like bad news is scary. Come on, but we get to tell people. We know the person that can heal your heart, that can restore your family, that can transform your life. This is good news. This is good news. So our purpose matters. Number three, write this down. What are we going to refocus on? We need to understand that, that eternity matters. We need to understand that the biggest part of your life will be lived after this life. So eternity matters. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, um, says this, or Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, watch this. He found the kingdom of heaven and he had joy. And he went and sold all that he had, and he bought the field. The field there is heaven. Scripture is saying this. If you understood how powerful eternity is for your life, you would sell everything. You would do anything that you possibly could to make sure that you made heaven your home. So, Pastor, what matters? Relationships. What matters? Discovering your purpose. What matters? Eternity. So, so, so what do I do? I, I, I've refocused on what matters most. Come on, are you with me? Say, yeah. yeah. So now what do I need to do? Write this down. Number two, reduce the non-essentials. Like, in other words, eliminate some of the noise in our life. Could, could you show the graph again? L let me show this to you again. So, so in order for us to get here, that means we need to eliminate some of this. Can I tell you, Netflix, eight hours a day is not essential. Some of you are like, well, pastor, I'm going to argue with you on this one. I'm sorry. No, no, it's not, it's not a non-essential. Look what God's word says. I love this verse, Ecclesiastes 4, 6. This is going to help somebody. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with stress and pressure and anxiety and chasing after the wind. I, I love this. Basically, what he's saying is this, do less and be more effective. In other words, here's what he's saying. It's better to have one handful and have joy than to have all the wealth in the world, all the titles, all the promotions, and yet you hate your life. You say, well, pastor, I mean, people with money, I mean, the, the, I mean they, 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 this verse wouldn't apply to them. It, it absolutely does. You can have money. God just doesn't want money to have you. You can have wealth, and there's nothing wrong with that. God just doesn't want your wealth to have you. God wants a position of our heart to say, God, things don't bring me joy. Temporary happiness, but not true joy. So it's better, God, and I'm thankful for this thing I have in my hand. Come on, this is for someone here today. That you may say, well, I don't have much. Little is much when there's gratitude and contentment. God, I thank you that I've got a little bit, but I have joy. Come on. I thank you that I have a little bit, but I haven't compromised my integrity. I thank you. I've got a little bit, but I wake up in the morning and I can look myself in the mirror and say, self, I'm proud of who you are. Come on, somebody needs to thank God today. Because here's what he says. He's saying, here's the thing. You, you need to understand, sometimes less is more. Did you know Americans are spending 117% of their income? We are spending 117% of our income, y'all. And in Miami, that's probably higher. 
Because we are the kings and queens of putting on a show for everyone. Come on, I'm from, thank you. Yes, man of God in the house. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you can't keep that up? You can't, you can't keep that up. Really what I feel like God is saying is that true joy is contentment. Thank you, God. I may not have the car I want, but I thank you for this car that I have. At least it's paid for. Holla! I'm picking stuff out of my hair, but I'm not sending anything to the bank. Come on. Less is more. What if we just let that, what if you don't have to buy a gift for everyone like you did last year and then put yourself in crazy debt? I'm not talking about being a Grinch. I'm just saying some of you, the greatest gift you can give your family is, guess what? We're going to go a little bit lighter on Christmas this year because last year I was the devil in January and February when the credit card bills came in. So this year, you're, instead of getting a bunch of things, you're going to get a happier dad. This year, our marriage isn't going to suck in January and February. Did pastor just say that? We're going to keep it real. Y'all don't want a real pastor. Come on. We just, because you know what? We're not going to be stressed out over finances in the new year because you know what? we're not going to lose our head this year. Buying a bunch of things that we can't afford for people that we don't even like. Okay. Y'all don't want real preaching. That's okay. If you learn to say no, you will trade popularity for respect. Hey! We're not going to go lose our minds because we're, we're generous to the kingdom of God and we're thinking about our future financial success. We're not going to go into debt. Oh, but like, I just wanted all this stuff under the tree. Well, you could be popular dad, but how about this? How about be the respected one? And you know what? We're going to teach some fiscal responsibility I'm just trying to help you because if these statistics are true, 170% of our income in Miami, it's like 717% of our income. I'm just trying to help us get healthier. Macy's isn't going to teach this to you. So I'm going to say no. Come on, count three, say no. One, two, three. Because you know what? I'm going to trade trying to be popular at the office for being respected at the office. I'm going to trade. Man, you know what? Number three, write this down. So I'm going to refocus on what matters. I'm going to eliminate the non-essentials. And then what, do I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to reprioritize my life. Okay, so watch this. Watch. You have five more minutes? Good, because I, I, I need ten. So, so I'm going to refocus. Here's what matters the most in my life. I'm giving you this because you're going to take some homework home with you today. I'm going to eliminate some things. How many of you have a to-do list? I don't know why we just put you in the dark, but this is super cool right now. Okay. All right. How about you create a not to-do list where these are things I'm going to eliminate out of my life. And then here's what we do. Watch this. We reprioritize what's left. Pastor, how do I do that? As they bring this up right now, let me show you this verse in Matthew Check this out, what Matthew says. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For even... 
pagans, that's a word that means like non-Christians, people who are far from God, they run after all these things too. So why don't you be different is what he's saying. Because your heavenly father already knows what you need. But if you seek him first, let me help you understand this. I showed this to you several years ago. I'm going to do it again because it's, it's applicable. These, this vase right here, they're identical in size, represents your capacity to hold things in your life. This represents your life, like what you are able to carry and, and, and sustain. And, and so I've got some big rocks here, and then I've got all these pebbles. These little pebbles represent like text messages that you get, phone calls you get, emails you get, your work, your job, your kids, your laundry, your to-do list, running kids to sports, going grocery shopping. Come on, anybody have a lot of pebbles in your life? Come on. That represents all, all the little things that add up, which, by the way, gives you great pressure and stress. And so it's all these things. But then we have, then we have these, like, these, these bigger rocks, which we just identify. So we're we're going to refocus on what matters. And so what should matter in our life? Well, we already said it. Relationship should matter. Like, that's a big rock. Come on, that's a priority. So how many of you believe that God should be a priority? So, so, so that, that matters. And so we're gonna, we, we got to do that. It's Sunday church. we got to go. Um, okay, so then, then my purpose matters. I'm, I'm going to try to go to DNA today after, oh man, it's, it's not fitting. I need to go to DNA. Well, that's, it's not fitting. Um, and then, and then like, you know, just family time and just other things and just getting away and taking a nap. How many of you would just love to have a nap one day? Like 30 minute, how many of you just love a 30 minute nap right now? Turn off all the lights. Let's go. Just kidding. Don't do it. Some of you are like, I've been napping for the last 30 minutes, Pastor. I feel great. <laughs> this is good preaching. I don't care what you say. Come on. And here's what happens. Like, we try to put everything in our life, but look, it doesn't fit. It's impossible. It doesn't fit in our life, and we're trying to. So when it doesn't fit, we can't put the container, the lid on it. So here's what we go. All right, well, something's got to go. Um, let's church. We, we don't have time for church today, guys. We can't do that. Um, you know what? I know we were going to go on a date night, but we just, I got too wrapped up at work. So, oh, all right, I got a little bit of time left. And what happens is we fill our life with non-essentials. Netflix. Half of this is Instagram. <laughs> our selfies. And constantly checking who watched And what we didn't realize is because we didn't have things in the right order, the most important things get left out. And when that happens, watch, that's when we get stressed, right? Because here's the thing, we get to the end of our week. I don't know about you, man, but man, I deal with this, being a pastor, right? I'm like, man, was I a good enough dad to my kids this week? Then we begin to question ourselves, and then guilt sets in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then we start to condemn ourselves, and then we know that there's an enemy already. Man, as soon as you yield your mind to, like, defeating thoughts, he's right there to go, oh, yeah, you are a horrible dad. Oh, yeah, you are. Man, you're just, you're not a good husband. You're not a good wife. You're not a good Christian. You're not a good, brave team member. And all of a sudden, all that guilt comes in, and it's not that you didn't try. Listen, this is not condemnation. It's just that we, we weren't focused in the right order. Write this down in your notes. Order creates capacity. 
What if I told you that you have the capacity to hold everything? The problem is that your life may just be out of order. Because here's what I hear people say a lot. Oh, I tried to get the church, but man, the, you know, I had to get the oil changed in the car. Really? Like we have a 10 a.m. service and a 6 p.m. That was like a 10-hour oil change. No, 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 but then I had to go do all these other things. We tried to go on a date night, but then, uh, like, there's seven days. So what if I told you it'll all fit, but we just got to learn the right order? All right, so let, let's do that right here. How many of you believe that God should be first? Okay. So we put God in. God, it's Sunday. And this should help you feel good because Sunday is the first day of the week. We don't celebrate, okay, you made it. This is the end of the week. No, no, no. This is like a springboard. Like, hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is coming. And today is Sunday. And we're going to help set you up for this to be the best week of your life. Like, we're looking forward today. We're not looking backward. So, so God, man, we're here. We gave you the first day of the week. So you're already killing it. You didn't even know it. Hey, babe. Let's drop the kids off and just do them like microwave lasagna. And while it's Sunday, let's just do the right things and let's just you and me go out on a date. Oh, you know what? I need to discover my purpose so I can serve somewhere. Like we have serve opportunities, not just on Sunday. They're all throughout the week. I mean, you could just sign up and I want to serve. I want to make a difference in other people's lives. Brave Church is a great, I mean, you saw the Love Week video, like, unbelievable, which let me tell you something, can I just brag on God for a second? Like, it's a place where I get my hair cut, been talking to her about Jesus for months, probably half a year, inviting her, inviting her, inviting her. So she heard about the Love Week, one of the times when I was sitting in her chair, and she's like, oh, I'm a barber, and she was like, I would love to, like, give my talents to help humanity. I'm like, cool, there's a place for that at Love Week brave church that's why i said discover your purpose because your purpose fits in here at brave church somewhere so she went to our love week before she ever came into the doors of this church she's cutting the hair of homeless people impacted her life that she came that very next sunday to church with her family her life is being impacted with jesus so if you notice Barbara, some of you are like, Pastor, you don't look like you've been cut up in a while. I know. I've been waiting to go to her because she's been booked. And um, how many of you know you don't cheat on your barber? You know what I'm saying? Don't cheat on your wife and don't cheat on your barber. Those are two people you never cheat on because both of them will cut you. <laughs> what was I even talking about, Yule? I don't know purpose and so so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in there today so now here come all the text messages this week and oil changes and Instagram Facebook emails Twitter LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, 
ChristianMingle.com. Come on, y'all know you've been on it. It all fits. Come on, you need to give God praise. Like, like it all fits in your life. And, like, let me close with this. Seek first his kingdom. In other words, look, 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 look. If you will put the big rocks in first. In his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. Did you know that God cares about the little things in your life? I heard someone this week, they said, man, I feel, feel so bad asking God for these little things here and there when there's so many big problems in the world. Don't you dare have that mindset. God cares about the big things. He cares about starving children, but he also cares about the little things. He's that big of a God that he can care for the big magnanimous things and he can care about your kids. He can care about your stress. He can care. Come on, someone needs to give God a praise. He's that big of a God that you care about the little things. One more verse and I'm going to close. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this. Come to me all who are weary and everyone in here who's carrying pressure and stress and anxiety and watch this here's the word of God for you today I will give you rest and that is what so many of us in this room need is rest Jesus today I thank you for every one of my friends that have gathered in this room they haven't come here for a message we've come here because we are desperate for a moment in your presence with every head bowed and every eye closed can I tell you the greatest thing about being a Christ follower is not just living on purpose it's not just that through every storm Jesus will be with you yes those are all true but the greatest thing can I tell you the greatest characteristic about following Jesus is no matter what season you're in in your life right now Jesus says I want to give you rest I just sense in my heart today that there's a man in this room and sir you've done such a good job You've done such a good job also, though, of covering the amount of pressure and stress you're under. The people that are closest to you, your, even your own wife that has no clue the pressure you're carrying. Trying to keep the family afloat and trying to be resource and trying to be strength. and You haven't even let your guard down so that they know, oh, they, they may sense it at times, but nobody knows the stress and the pressure you're under. Can I tell you today, Jesus wants to give you rest there's a mom in this room today and you feel like you're the savior for everyone everyone's coming to you for help and trying to fix this and fix that and you you just feel the pressure and the tension can I tell you today Jesus wants to give you rest oh there's a career person in this room there's a student in this room and you're under great pressure and you're just like man I don't know how I'm going to handle this like 
going to job to work tomorrow and there's pressure at work and maybe even fear of like, man, is my job even going to be there tomorrow? And there's this pressure and this stress and anxiety and fear. I've come here today just to let you know that Jesus wants to give you rest. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.